If you've been leading for any length of time at all, you know you're supposed to delegate. You understand you can't achieve big goals on your own, that leadership is all about achieving results through relationships, and that when you delegate, you multiply yourself. You may know all of that about delegation, but delegation can still be frustrating. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without losing your soul or your mind in the process. How many times have you delegated a task or a project only to have it drift off into oblivion? Weeks later, you find yourself thinking, whatever happened to that thing? And then you've got to chase down your people. They're frustrated. You're frustrated. Like if that's ever happened to you, there is one tool you can add to your delegation tool belt. And it's something that very few leaders use, but it's so simple. It's easy to use and you can start with it right away. As soon as you get done with the podcast, you'll have an advantage over many other leaders and managers when you use this secret and you'll waste far less time tracking down open projects. Now, before I give you the tool, let's take a quick look at delegation in general. So first, when we talk about delegation, we're talking about the act of sharing responsibility and authority for a task, a project, or an outcome with someone else. That's a definition that's important and that we'll come back to in a moment. Sharing the responsibility. Now, why delegate? You can certainly list off many, many reasons to delegate, but two of the best reasons to delegate are first that it frees you up to do the work that only you can do. And that's where you want to be spending the majority of your time as a leader, as a manager, is the work that only you can do. Whether that is specific task work that is specific to your job or your role, or whether it's the people work and the development and the strategical types of things that that only you can do. The second reason is that it builds your people. They grow their own skills, their responsibility, their leadership. Now, before you delegate, we want to make sure of a couple of things. First is you want to make sure the person that you delegate to has all the information they need in order to succeed. Second is you want to make sure you have time to delegate effectively. If you've got to train the other person, you want to do that first before you get into delegation. And finally, before you delegate, You want to make sure that the task that you're trying to delegate isn't part of the work only you should do. So for instance, if there's a core part of your job description to like, say, choose a new build location, you might get input from your team, but you want to keep that decision with you. Okay. So let's say you've checked off these items. You have time to delegate effectively. The person has the information they need. It's a task you can safely share. It will give you more time. It's going to build your people. Now what? Now it's time to delegate. So there are three things that you want to do when you delegate. First is you want to delegate the outcome, not the process. So what do I mean by that? The outcome is what does success look like? If the person has already been trained and they basically know how to achieve what it is that they've been asked to do, or they're sufficient to figure it out, you don't want to tell them step-by-step how to do it. That's either training if they don't know, Or it's micromanagement if they do know, and that's frustrating and off-putting to people. If they don't know how to do it yet, don't tell them you're delegating. Call it training. Say, I'd like to train you in how to do this or one way to do this so that in the future, this is something that 
can be delegated to you that you can take responsibility for. So first, we're going to delegate the outcome, not the process. Second thing we're going to do is set a clear finish line. When is this thing due? And this is something that a lot of uh, managers and leaders don't do, even though it's so obvious. Well, when does this need to be done? And this happens, you know, natural reasons. If you've got a real, if you happen to be like a real driven type A type of person and you delegate something, when you wanted it, you really wanted it yesterday. You're wishing it was already done, but you can't get to it. So that's why you're asking. And your expectation is that that is understood by the other person and they are going to follow through in a timely manner and get that done. But if they're a real process driven person and they've got a list, they're going to put that task on the bottom of their list and they will get to it when they cross off everything else. So if you haven't articulated, you haven't clearly stated when something needs to be finished, that's something you want to start doing. Makes it easier for everybody. So what does success look like first? Second, when does this thing need to be finished? And I like to use the word finish line as opposed to deadline because we all know what happens at a finish line. We're finished. I don't know what happens at a deadline, but it can't be good. Okay, you've been clear about what success looks like, delegated the outcome, uh, you've set a clear finish line. Now comes the third step, and this is the critical step, and this is the one that that most leaders fail to do, and that when you do it, it's going to make sure that when you delegate, things don't fall through the cracks. And the reason people make this mistake is it's often it's based on a fundamental misunderstanding of, of delegation. So go back to our definition. Delegation is the act of sharing responsibility and authority for a task. When you delegate, you share responsibility. You don't give up responsibility. You're still responsible to ensure that your team achieves what it is you delegated. So this is where the final step comes in. Whenever you delegate the task, the, at the, that moment, the third thing that you do is you're going to schedule the follow-up. So if you've read Winning Well and you're familiar with another very popular chapter about uh, meetings that people want to attend and get results, uh, and we'll be talking about that in a future episode, the idea of asking, how will we know? Baking the accountability into the end of a task or a project. And that's what we're doing here. We're setting a face-to-face -face or a video conference type of meeting, and this doesn't have to be long, five, 10 minutes, where we're going to receive the project back. So when you delegate the task, be clear about the outcome, set a clear finish line, and set a meeting right now. Here is when we're going to get this task back. So what does this look like? Well, let's say that you have a prototype that needs to be done. So you ask somebody, you say, hey, listen, I'd like you to create a prototype uh, of this project, this product that we're making. And here is what success looks like. The prototype can cost this much for your materials cost and your production cost. And it needs to be completed by this time. And when it's put into production, the actual production cost would need to be X, Y, Z. So you've defined what does success look like. You've been clear about here's the outcome. You've set a clear finish line. You know what? Uh, let's have this product uh, demo done, you know, uh, 60 days from now. Okay, cool. The third thing we want to do is schedule the follow-up. When are you going to receive the task back? So if it's due 60 days from now, you look at the calendar, August 15th. Say, hey, listen, August 15th, 
let's get together at three o'clock for 15 minutes and we can take a look at your cost sheets, what you came up with, your production uh, design ideas, and then let's put together uh, a presentation that you can share with the team the following day. Here's the idea. When someone is going to sit down and look you in the eye and give back specific results, it's very unlikely that they're going to come to that meeting empty-handed. If they do run into trouble, odds are they're going to come and talk to you about it. Hey, listen, I know we have that meeting coming up in a couple of weeks and I am really struggling here. I can't get you know this particular element in at that price and I'm, I'm wondering if you've got some other ideas. But when you bake that accountability in, when you close that loop ahead of time and there is a point in time at which we are getting together and this is going to be declared done, makes it very likely that it will be finished. And now you don't have to wonder what happened to that task, what happened to that project. You don't have to chase anybody down. It's coming back. You've got a time on both of your calendars where it's taken care of. Now, what do you do for a longer term project? Let's say in the 60 days might even be too long to go without a meeting. So you schedule something halfway or you schedule some milestones. But here's the key. Just like the final meeting where you're receiving it back, the, the delegate, the person who is doing that task is going to bring something to that meeting. They're bringing the finished product, finished process, the, the report that they made based on whatever it was they did. Whatever it is that is happening, you want to have a deliverable for your check-in meetings, for your milestone meetings. So let's say on this same idea of, you know, their prototype, let's say you do a 15-day check-in or a 30-day milestone. You say, okay, at that meeting, here's when it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, July 15th. And I would like you to bring your estimates of your materials costs to that meeting. There's something they're bringing to the meeting, something they're accountable to deliver. That's the difference between just walking down the hall and saying, hey, how's that uh, product demo coming? Oh, it's going great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sailing along. We're doing well. They may think they are, but they haven't actually put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard or numbers to a spreadsheet or whatever it is and actually seeing what's happening. So as you're doing your check-ins, there's a deliverable. We get to the end, you receive the project back. You schedule that time at the beginning and that will ensure that the things that you delegate don't fall through the cracks. And now it's time for questions. I love answering your questions and I would love to answer your specific question. You can send those to me one of two ways. You can go ahead and email it at david.die at letsgrowleaders.com. Or the other option is go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You will see an orange button there that allows you to record your question, share where you're from, and would love to use that in an actual episode for you. So today's question comes from Nancy, and she's following up on the episode we did about what makes a great culture. And that was a question that was recorded, uh, submitted by Johan from Kingston, Jamaica. And we were talking about culture. And so Nancy writes, David, I love the episode about what makes a great culture. The current analogy was extremely helpful. My question is, I've defined what a good culture is for my team but how do I build it? Nancy, thanks for the question. That really is, once we know what a great culture is and what we're aiming for, how we get there is so important. How do we create this, 
this is what people like us do. How do we create that understanding and create that current that helps everybody flow in that direction? So as a leader, there are a number of things you do. Um, one, of course, is, and it all starts with setting the example. So if we're not setting that example and creating that momentum for people to follow, then nothing else will work. So that's item number one, is what is the example you're setting? And let's say that you know you want to create a culture where people challenge one another's thinking in a really healthy, productive way. So are you inviting challenges to your thinking? And you might call it out, hey, remember, one of the things that we're trying to do is to challenge one another's thinking. And so I just threw out an idea. I would love to get some uh, ideas from you, some thoughts on what might keep this idea from working? What am I missing? And not just be open to that kind of feedback, but to actually solicit it. So that's first, is you want to set a clear example yourself, role model that culture and that behavior. Um, second is you want to encourage it. Celebrate every moment where you see it happening. So again, let's take this example of, let's say that your culture, you're trying to encourage um, challenges, healthy challenges to one another's thinking so that you, you do a better job as a team. So let's say that you're having a team meeting and somebody throws out an idea and somebody challenges it in a healthy way. Call a timeout. Hey, listen, before we go on with our discussion, I want to call a timeout and I want to celebrate. This is what just happened. You know, Doug just threw out that idea and Nancy, you did a fantastic job of challenging the underlying thinking and, and drawing out some more from Doug so that we were able to see what he was talking about. Uh, we're going to go on with the discussion, but Nancy, Doug, you both did a fantastic job. Nancy, in challenging the thinking, Doug, in responding in a really healthy way so that we get to a better result. Really well done, you two. Okay, back to the discussion, right? So in doing that, you are celebrating and encouraging the behavior. And remember, as a leader, you get more of what you celebrate and encourage, less of what you criticize or ignore. So when things are going well, especially when you're building a new culture, a new way of being, call it out, celebrate it, throw confetti. And then number three is hold people accountable. Practice accountability. So in a future episode, we're going to talk about the Inspire model, uh, again, a resource that's available in Winning Well, a manager's guide to getting results without losing your soul. But we'll share that in the future episode. And the idea here is that if you've got a culture you're trying to establish, yes, you're going to set the example. You're going to encourage every moment that you see it happening, but you're also going to identify and talk about the times it doesn't happen. And so this might be done a number of ways. You might hold yourself accountable publicly. Hey, listen, we're trying to do this and challenge one another's thinking in a really healthy way. And you know, the other day someone challenged my thinking and I didn't react so well. I didn't follow my own principle there. And I want to acknowledge that for everybody here and recommit myself to that value and to doing it that way. And I want to invite you as well. Um, hold me accountable if you don't see that happening. Or it might be a team member that you need to talk to. You know, hey, you know, in the meeting that we just had there, you know, um, Doug, when Nancy brought up her concerns or, or was questioning, you know, some of the logic or how you got to that conclusion, uh, I noticed that you crossed your arms, you shut down, and you didn't say anything the rest of the meeting. And, you know, I want to have a conversation about that. So let's talk about it. And let's talk about why we're doing this and what it means. So the idea here is 
hold yourself or other people accountable when they're not doing what it is that we said we're going to do. That you know communicates that you mean business, that this is legitimate. And again, you start that accountability with yourself if you can. And if you have some truth tellers on your team that can help you with that, that's even more positive, helps everybody to be able to see that you really mean it, that you're leading the way and creates that positive momentum. So those are your three steps to help build that culture. Role model it yourself, encourage it every moment you see it, practice accountability when it's not happening. Do that often enough and start to enlist some other leaders who are all doing the same three steps. And it won't be long before you start to see that ship turn and the culture emerging the way that you want it. Nancy, thanks again for the question. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, and if you know a manager or a leader in your life who would really benefit from these tools and tips, why don't you send the podcast to them? Leadership without losing your soul.com and they can listen in there or there's all the places they can subscribe. Thanks so much. And remember, if you want to delegate so nothing falls through the cracks, remember your three steps. Delegate the outcome, not the process. Set a clear finish line. Set a mutual meeting on both of your calendars where you'll receive the project back. That's all for now. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.